Hey, nerds, we understand you. Drop those controllers, lose the wizard hat, and ready your Cheetos. It's time for some hard-hitting talk about the movies, books, and games you love. So get ready, oh searcher of useless knowledge. It's time to step into the Geek Cave. Broadcasting from a top secret and totally awesome hidden base, I'm Ken Harris, and here's Darren Wright, Justin White, and Chad Savage. And welcome to another edition of I Swear to God, If They Ruin Peter Parker This Time, DK Podcast Comics. I'm Darren. I'm Justin. And I'm Chad. So, I had one month to write this intro, and I didn't. Welcome to comics. (laughs) (laughs) That's a true story. It is. Oh, man. What bothers me is how long it took him to write that. <laughs> we were we were killing time. I you don't know how long that took me. I could have just been staring at my phone. That's true, he could have. That's very true. I wasn't even an eye. We were talking about peripheral vision and everything, and I yeah. wasn't looking. Yeah, that's anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I'd like to thank our sponsors. Uh Shirtosaurus digging up clothing from your past so you can look rad today. Great t-shirt, sweater, and hoodie designs on everything geek chic. Whether you're a fan of old school gaming, anime, 80s cartoons, or you're just plain weird like us, find something for you at shirtosaurus.com. And Gamefly, with membership options for every budget, plus gifts for gamers of all ages. Gamefly has thousands of titles that you can keep as long as you want. When you're done, just send it back in the postage paid envelope for a new one. Or keep it forever and pay a lot less than in-store prices. Sign up for your free 30-day trial right now using the link at geekcavepodcast.com. <sighs> it's the chilly season, boys. Happy December, everybody. Ooh, I'm making peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> it goes with it goes with chili. Oh, I yeah. know it does. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, I meant yeah. that both ways. It is both chilly outside and hopefully chilly in my tummy. Sunday. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I do like a good chili. <sighs> so, uh, what are we what are we talking about this month, boys? Here, kitty, kitty. Be gentle. Be gentle. Be gentle. Be gentle. It's Darren's first time. Motherfucker, I told you be gentle. And welcome to Darren's first time, where I take an innocent phrase like that, and everyone immediately seconds guesses it. And for good reason. Uh, today, we're looking at a crime noir series. That actually, I first found out about based on a game that Justin played. Oh, no. In which you play as an anthropomorphic cat detective. Really? We're talking about Black Sad. Yeah. Wow. By Dark Horse Comics. John Black Sad is a detective. And, uh, you know, he's got the old film noir look. You know, like the freaking overcoat, you know, the surly expression. So two pages in to the first issue and there's nudity. Okay. Now, true, it's that of a humanoid cat lady, as in she's a cat, not that she owns cats. And she's dead. Uh, But I already have an idea of what I'm in for. Well, yeah, you played the game. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) So Black Sad has been called in to investigate her murder, but there's no weapon. No motive, no suspect, just a hole in the middle of her head. 
And the victim, actress Natalia Wilford, is an ex-girlfriend of Black Sad's as well. As I mentioned in the intro, he is also a cat. And the lead police investigator on scene is a German shepherd named Smirnov. Wait a minute. Yeah, I know. No, just just I, go I know, with it. I know. I was expecting a Prussian blue at the very least. But he tells John to keep his muzzle out of this case. And yes, he does use that expression. But of course, that's not going to happen because he's a gumshoe, a private dick, other cliches. <laughs> and if, if you think I'm just spinning it, listen to this inner narrative, which oh, I no. typed directly from one of the pages. All rights reserved. Sometimes when I walk into my office, I get the feeling that I'm walking among the ruins of a lost civilization. Not because of all the reigning disorder, much like my life, but because it all seems to be the remains of that civilized person that I used to be. When we met, it was torrid. And so on and so forth. But You know what gets mm, me is that mm. even though, you know, Maltese Falcon and Casablanca, I mean, these movies were made in the 40s. Yeah. Everyone still just adopts that voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Bogart <laughs> voice. Yeah. I mean, that's good detective shit right there. That's ah, good detective good stuff detective right, shit there. right there. And the writing is good. You know, the concept is solid. The character design reminds me of other cliches. Uh, when you think about anthropomorphic animal characters in that the males are basically covered in fur and look like animals. The dog guys look like dogs. The cat guys look like cats. But the females... The snozberries look like snozberries. But the females are basically humans with hair and everything but dog or cat ears. Everything else, everything else is human. Anyway, there's a sex scene during a flashback, and it's rather graphic. (laughs) Okay. It's something I noticed, (laughs) but I digress. (laughs) Blackstad's investigation eventually leads him to looking for someone with bulging eyes who was last in Natalia's vicinity. The theory is that it's a reptile guy of some sort. That leads to a snake man trying to stab John in a surprise attack, getting overpowered by the detective, slithering away to his boss. Ha! Literally. Uh, and someone <laughs> pulling some strings to get John arrested, where he's given a proposal. Find the murderer and eliminate him, and the police will turn a blind eye to whatever methods he uses. That's where I'm going to stop, because the rest would be spoilers, and I do actually think you should read this. But I will say... If you're interested in a story with adult themes, somewhat predictable tropes, and interesting art direction, you could do worse. (laughs) In the vernacular of this segment, consider this book a friend with benefits more than a serious relationship. (sighs) It was a Friday night when Darren finished his... (laughs) (laughs) The two gazed at me, not sure what to think just yet, but I knew. I was going to die. You slipped into Shatner there for a second. But I knew I was going to die that night. (laughs) Khan! You know, when Darren does. (laughs) Dodd, stop. Dodd, no. Save yourself. Uh, Chad, save us from this horrible impersonation uh, impersonation off. Oh, boy. All right. So (laughs) I've been reading Batman comics. I mean, you. Yeah. You. You love Batman comics. You've been. I have been a bad influence on you. And yes. um, a bat influence. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I finally finished. You know the the one that you lent me, and I guess I just have a stupid question. 
well the year. There are no stupid questions, Chad. You know this. And now it's time for Chad Savage's Stupid Question. So, Lazarus Pits. Uh, <laughs> I mean, be, besides healing and resurrecting, they, uh-huh. they make a person younger. Uh-huh. Now, the Bat Cave has a Lazarus Pit mm-hmm. underneath it because it's necessary for the stability of the world, sure. is what uh-huh. it said. Yeah. Now, Batman is continually going through comic updates and stuff. And being retconned younger, but still having like kids, partners, allies, and enemies. So is it because Batman is continually injured on the job and continually taking a dip in the pit to heal that he's staying so young for so long, uh, making him a huge hypocrite? Or does he just have the plottiest armor in all of comicdom, making him the anti-Uncle Ben? He's thinking, folks. It's a podcast. I got to fill the silence. <clears throat> Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do like anti Uncle Ben. That's good. Thank you. He is the hypocritical anti Uncle Ben. <laughs> With great power comes great fuck off ability. Yes. <laughs> no, it's you have great power. Fuck you. <laughs> With great power comes I'm Batman. <laughs> All right. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Wonder what joys I get to look forward to next year. <laughs> well, I've been reading a little bit of Fantastic Four. <laughs> oh, you know what? That is a great segue into the main event. Well, wait, and okay. what were you gonna say? No, I was. I had a review, but it's fine. Oh, now, I didn't okay. run it by you first, so you know it's my bad. All right, uh, Kent. Sorry, we'll we'll call you back in a minute. Titans United. You heard of this book? It was a mini series came no. out a couple years back. Uh, basically, uh, the Teen Titans—they're not teens anymore—but uh, the Titans have to team up uh, to deal with a threat that is somehow stealing and channeling their powers into ordinary citizens. They find this out when the guy with Starfire's abilities explodes over San Francisco. As I didn't in, know she could do that. Neither did she. But uh, he just over—he just gets overwhelmed with the solar energy. He explodes. Also, something weird's going on with Superboy, uh, Connell, uh, Superboy's powers in that he's just randomly losing them. You know, sometimes he just can't punch something hard enough. Sometimes he just stops flying in mid-flight. That kind of thing. It's a problem. A little bit, yeah. Uh, the long and short of it is uh, eventually Connell gets pissed off that he's becoming unreliable. Flies off into space in a bit of a hissy fit, loses his powers while he's in space, suffocates, dies, is brought back by Blackfire, Starfire's sister, and it turns out she's responsible for the whole thing because Tamaran wants to just take the Earth as its own personal war station because they've, they're fighting someone else and they need the army. Huh. Yeah. Good news is, though, they stop it. <laughs> Uh, the book is fine. Uh, I mean, this is the really generalization, uh, really basic review. But yeah, the, the book is fine. The art is good. Uh, it's self-contained. You don't need to know any oh, good. Titan continuity. You don't need to know if this takes place while Nightwing is dating Barbara Gordon or while he's dating someone else. It's just self-contained. And uh, the, the book ends on a pretty corny line. 
fun fact, uh, Red Hood is apparently part of the Titans during this. Okay. And he is constantly needling Connell for any little mistake he makes. It's like if Batman said what he wanted to say to Superman half the time. But Red Hood just goes ahead and does it. Yes. And there's many times where Red Hood almost, you know, gets murdered. Uh, even a couple times by Superboy. But toward the end, you know, everything's good. And they're, they're, they're racing to their next adventure. And Nightwing's like, they'll never change. And Starfire's like, and we wouldn't have it any other way. And then the laugh track plays. And then you hear, and then that's the end of the book. <laughs> But you don't have to take my word for it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, um, Titans United's pretty good. It, it brings, you know, several generations of Titans together to deal with a common co- enemy. Uh, I don't like how apparently the Tamaranian army was able to just subdue all of Earth. And they're like, the Titans are the greatest threat. I love the Titans, but like, so you'd stop the League, the Justice League, and the Justice Society, and... All of the nations of the world surrendered off panel, but the Titans are still out there. And so we haven't won yet. It feels a bit too... You know how some books have to make... I mean, it's it's a rule of storytelling. You can't be cooler than the main character. Yes. And the Titans are the main characters in this book, so obviously they're the most important thing. But come on. Come, come on. I love the Titans, but come on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a B. Okay. So yeah, pick up Titans United if uh, if you like some Nightwing, some Beast Boys. Um, it's the roster from the animated series except for Cyborg, and Hawk and Dove show up too. Oh well, okay. Uh, has anybody read anything else? I only wish. Okay. Uh, do you want to fix that? Imp- oh, who am I kidding? We don't edit. Can't. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Prepare yourself for Justin's Long Box. Yeah, baby. Extra long. Oh, we're not now. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Thank you, Kent. Take two was even better. It was crisper. It was crisper, yeah. So, uh, going back to what I said earlier with Chad reading a lot more Fantastic Four, that is a perfect segue into this month's Long Box. It also wraps up my year of what the hell storylines okay. or single issues or whatever. And I'm not saying I saved the best for last, but I definitely saved this one for last. <laughs> it's not the best, but it is a it's, story. It's not the, it may not be the best, but it's this one. It is the last. Yes. Not the last long box, just the last just, of the. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. Oh, no. It's never the last long box. (laughs) DC and Marvel alone have assured that. Okay. All right. So this month, I am talking about the three-issue miniseries, Daydreamers. Believers? No, just Daydreamers. Homecoming Queens. No. Featuring Franklin Richards, son of Sue Storm and Mr. Fantastic. Oh, Mr. Deus Ex Machina himself. Uh, Man-Thing, Howard the Duck... Uh, Tana Niley, Artie Maddox, and Leech. I know half of those characters. Yes. So, Franklin Richards is yep. the son of Sue Storm and Reed Richards, and he's got Deus Ex Machina powers mm-hmm. because reasons. Reality altering bullshit. Man Thing is well, Man Thing. He's Swamp Thing, but he's, not. Yes, he's yeah. Howard the Duck, 
I've already talked about in a previous long box. He is a duck. Yes. Uh, Artie and Leech are mutants. They're Morlocks. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. And they're associated with... From uh, Time Machine? No, Morlocks are basically mutants that are too ugly to live on the surface. So they live in the sewers. So it is from the Time Machine. Sure. Sort of. Yeah. Uh, And they are mostly affiliated with uh, Generation X. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, Tana Nile, who is from Rigel 3, sent to Earth to colonize it. It doesn't work. She ends up hanging out with Gen X, and we move into the story. <laughs> I liked it when D-Generation X showed up and Shawn Michaels <laughs> super kicked everybody. So our story starts with Howard the Duck about to be beheaded. I'm on board. With everyone else in the group um, caught in this kind of weird little bubble force field. Okay. And just as um, the axe is about to come down with a resounding Hassan chop. Hassan chop. um, We go into a flashback. We see the group riding around on a chunk of earth. Grass with, like, a think of an island. It's, you know, tapered at the bottom, grass, and they're Is flying through like a through divot this. of earth? Yeah. Okay. It's like a big divot of earth. Okay. And okay. they're flying around through this extra-dimensional portal area with doors everywhere. All we know is that the, uh, one, two, three, four, the six of them were together. A thing happened that was bad, and Man-Thing managed to teleport them out on this chunk of Earth, and now they're flying around in door space. Um, this All of that took place in Generation X number 25, which I read, and it didn't make any sense then. It's not going to make any sense now. So, Great. thing happened, they teleported. Thing happened. No, that's Fantastic Four. That's later. Yeah, not the thing. Oh, a thing happening. Okay. So they're flying around Man on this thing. chunk of Earth. Thank you, Justin. You're welcome. <laughs> and Howard is being Howard. He's crabby. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to be with these people. He doesn't even want to be. He, he, he doesn't want to be anywhere. Um, Tana and him kind of get into it. She picks him up and reads in the right act, tosses him over her shoulder. He bounces off the ground, off into nothingness. Through a door. Well, she's okay with this, but Franklin is upset that Mr. Duck is now gone. Mr. Duck? And asks Mr. Salad, you know, man thing, mm-hmm. if they can go find him. Mr. So Salad's a better name. They they figure out that, okay, we, we, we gotta go. So, cut back to Howard. He's hanging by a limb of a tree. When uh, Tweedle Green shows up, it is a purple Hulk conjoined twin. So there's two of them dressed like Tweedledee and Tweedledum on a flying carpet. And in the background, you see a legally distinct Winnie the Pooh being carried away by um, a balloon. Well, he gets into it with Tweedle Green. They fly. They save him, but they fly off. They drop a magic lamp, and the genie comes out, and it's Green Goblin. But it's it's a genie. Meanwhile, the group is being chased by this dark, shadowy figure riding a Norse warboat. 
Okay. And he follows them around. The group, the rest of the group, goes through a door and lands. And under their clawed of divot, under their divot, you see a pair of legs and a sh- and shoes sticking out. No. They move the they move the divot, and it's a very flat Scarlet Witch. She's wearing blue shoes, by the way. <clears throat> a group of little things no. come out. Like the thing, but a bunch of them and tiny come out. And yay, you saved us. And then this bubble appears and descends. And inside is Doctor Strange dressed in drag. That's the only thing I could have expected. Because, you know, the good witch. Yeah. So he sends them over there across the uh, desert desert Mm -hmm. to help find their friend. Well, in the process... They run afoul of the Scarlet Witch's sister, also the Scarlet Witch. Okay, I was I was hoping it wasn't Quicksilver and Drag, but no, I, it's... you never know. Or Lorna Dane could have been Lorna Dane and Drag, not Drag. Not she's. It could very well be Quicksilver and Drag. Okay, the, the that image was what is I was small, okay. but it's all right. <laughs> has a very pronounced chin. Um, so. Howard is arguing with this genie and gets captured, as do the other group. They're about to, and we cut to the present, where Howard the Duck is about to be beheaded on the commands of the Sultan, Dr. Doom. Uh, When Man-Thing manages to free them and stop the guards, and then the strange shadowy figure appears. They are rescued by Dr. Strange, again, who shows up and temporarily zaps Shadow Guy away. And he sends the group on to another dimension. This one is legally distinct Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Where everybody talks in rhyming couplets. Nope. No. And eventually they get arrested because they are not. Specifically, Howard the Duck gets arrested, but the rest of them go along with it. And so they think, okay, we're at least safe from this shadowy person chasing us. Um,. There's a bit of exposition involving uh, Tana Nile, but I'm not going to go into it because it only lasts for like a page and it's not worth it. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, the shadowy figure shows up. They manage to escape the jail, but um, Artie is captured by the shadowy creature. Oh, no, Artie. Um, and they, they ask Man-Thing to teleport again. And he's like, I, and by the way, in this world, he can talk. He can suddenly talk. He can talk. Okay. And they even address that. It's like, when could you talk since now? I can sing. <laughs> he's like, I don't know if I can do it. Please do it. So they te- he teleports them again to Howard the Duck's home world. Okay. I mean, this is at least, you know, an improvement for one of them. Where he is revered. 
as the greatest duck in the world. It's not an improvement. Because they've been watching his um, adventures, and it's been turned into comic books and a TV show and all that stuff. And as soon as he lands, he is mobbed by fans. Daffy Duck is like, this is bullshit. <laughs> this, <laughs> my lawyer's going to hear about this. You're despicable. Let's just stand to become a Daffy Duck podcast now. You know what? I'm okay with this. I see nothing Everyone, wrong with this. This is fine. Everyone's a geek for something. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Justin. <laughs> oh, don't blame me. It's fine. Um, sorry, sorry. I mean, sorry. <laughs> so they've landed in Howard the Duck's home world. Man thing is disintegrating. He is falling apart. That took more out of him than he had imagined. So they are literally carrying him away from this mob of ducks. Um, they managed to get to Howard the Duck's parents' house. And after a few minutes, they re Howard realizes this, this isn't right. Well, no. First, Franklin, using his deus ex machina powers, gets mad... And Swamp... Uh, swamp Thing. I keep saying Swamp Thing. Because Man, it is. Because it is. Man-Thing and Leech are suddenly sparkled out. He They're not there anymore. Straight up thanos them. Pretty much. All right. Well, he... Uh, he blipped them. Shraka-foomed them. He sent them to the cornfield? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So... um. How during as this is going on, Howard realizes, wait a minute, this isn't my father. That's not his name. That's not my mother. I never had a sister. Something's not right here. And he believes he he tells them he doesn't believe in them and they fade. And so they head to a nearby science lab run by a two-dimensional which is weird to do in a comic book, but a two-dimensional Reed Richards and Sue Storm. Hmm. And it's at this point that something horrible goes wrong and everybody is now on the shadowy figure's ship. Okay. You see, it turns out that the shadowy figure is actually part of Franklin Richards. Of course he is. It is his... Anger and sadness and all of his, his, you know, pent up emotions that he hasn't dealt with because Reed and Sue are dead. Huh. Yeah. The end of so the book. So does this book, happen during Heroes Reborn or what? I don't know. But the book ends with Franklin coming to terms that his parents are dead and they all end up back in Man Things. Swamp. It's okay, Franklin. You had to do it. It's a real good thing. Tomorrow, it's going to be a real good day. Yeah. What year did this come out? Ah, what year did this come out? That is a great question. Because I think I can pinpoint, you know, the storytelling era based on that. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. What's your prediction? Because, like, I, I was super into Marvel during, like, the, the mid-90s. Uh-huh. So, X-Men Onslaught happened around 95, 96. Okay. And that ended with most of the heroes, other than Spider-Man and the X-Men, dying. 97. All right. 
Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, all right, that's really close because Franklin uh, ends up using his Deus Ex Machina powers to bring all the heroes back in Heroes Reborn, where they're living in a different world inside his kickball. And then eventually they're brought back into the main continuity. This is what happens when you give reality. Wasn't that the plot of Saint Elsewhere? Like Probably, Saint yeah. Elsewhere. Like yeah. It wasn't a kickball though. It was a snow, snow globe. globe. Yeah. yeah. Same thing ha- though. Yes. Yeah. This is what happens when you give reality altering powers to like a ten or eleven year old. It it's the plot of a Twilight Zone episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is everything you never wanted to know about daydreamers. Aren't you just spitting truth? Yes. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if any of it actually happened in the comics. Or it's probably it, not canon anymore. Well, I, I mean, I, they never say if what happened to them actually happened or if it was all in Franklin's head or whatever. It was a daydream. But it was a daydream. They all survived, except, you know, the, Sue and Richard. They came back. They, yeah. they, got, they got better. They did get better. <laughs> I mean... And then Reed got worse again. Well, I mean, the only thing I really remember about Heroes Reborn is... Um, that drawing of Captain America where he's got like this ridiculously oh, proportioned chest. Yeah. yeah. That's all I remember of Heroes Reborn. So fun fact about that. Mm. They used that particular picture of Captain America with the shelf chest uh, in an episode of Um Actually. Yeah. Where something was wrong with the picture. They made the chest smaller. Ah. And, it, <laughs> and it was still ridiculously. Yeah. Uh, uh, well on that note I want to thank our sponsors Shirtosaurus and Gamefly be sure to check out our other shows you want me to watch what the week 3 podcast uh, the sporadic TLDR and on YouTube Geek Plays and Retromantics look us up on uh, social media all the links can be found on our our page geekcavepodcast.com say hi when you stop by Uh, especially the discord the Discord yes. is fun because you get to talk to us. And early access. And early access, yeah. Be sure to tell your friends about us. We're on all your podcast services of choice. And now, here's your out-of-context comic panel. We see Batman grabbing Alfred by the lapels. I have needs now, Alfred. Dirty, horrible needs. <laughs> for Kent, Darren, and Chad, I'm Justin. This has been the wonderful world of comics. And remember... Everyone's a geek for something.